Welcome, and thanks for joining us for the 700th episode of The Paul Leslie Hour, 700. But hey, who's counting? We're just getting started. On today's episode, we're joined by singer-songwriter-recording artist Bob Livingston. In addition to his solo records, Livingston's work with the greats of Texas music. Michael Martin Murphy, the Los Gonzo Band, Jerry Jeff Walker, and Ray Wiley Hubbard. You know, the Paul Leslie Hour is made possible by viewers and listeners like you, so please visit www.thepaulleslie.com support, and we thank you. Now we present a phenomenal talent, a heck of a nice guy, and a grand storyteller. Bob Livingston here on the 700th episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. Go, fellas. Hello. Hey. How you doing? All right. How are you doing? I'm okay. Well, folks, it's the 700th episode of the Paul Leslie Hour, and I'm joined here by a folk rock legend. Bob Livingston is a singer-songwriter from Texas, a raconteur. He has been appointed as an ambassador of goodwill by the state of Texas. Also, the city of Austin named him Austin's international music ambassador. That's really something. He's an inductee of the West West Texas Walk of Fame and the Texas Music Legends Hall of Fame. Those are some really impressive titles. Thank you very much. And you you you've written some great songs. You've appeared on many legendary albums, performed countless shows, and has really made a quite an impression in the world of music. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Paul. Good to be here. I've heard a lot about your show, and I'm in the 700 Club, 700 <laughs> show. No, there's nobody else can be in the 700 Club but you and me. <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, thank you so much to, for joining us. It's it's a great pleasure. And you're checking in from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. How is Baton Rouge? Oh, it's a beautiful day out there. The Mississippi River is just right down from my hotel, and uh, it's gorgeous up here. I'm playing the Red Dragon Listening Room tonight. It's a wonderful spot, you know, just a listening audience, and uh, looking forward to it. That's going to happen a little bit. So much of what I was saying, uh, I, I, I think I said Texas like five, six times in the introduction. <laughs> what kind of a, a effect do you think being from Texas has had on you? Gosh, I don't know about what kind of effect uh, it's had. I mean, of course, we're always proud of Texas and it's bigger than life and everything. And I, I do um, sort of brag about it some, uh, especially being from Austin, Texas. Uh, it's in the news a lot, live music capital of the world and all that. I think it, uh, you know, I grew up in Texas and um, I'll probably be here all my life unless I move someplace like Abu Dhabi or Bombay. You know, that's I've been to both those places. Hmm. Interesting. You know, I like to go right into the, the heavy stuff. What has always been the purpose of the art you create? The purpose. Well, I like to make people feel good. I like to inform them. I'm a storyteller as well. And so I have a lot of uh, stories connected with the various songs 
if I do a cover song, uh, I'll have a story about it where I either met the person that wrote it or I played on it like Redneck Mother, for instance. Uh, it's not my song, but I played on the recording, played on several versions of that. And it was written by Ray Hubbard, Ray Wiley Hubbard. And he's a good friend. So, you know, I kind of inform the people and try to make them feel good. There's there's laughter. There's a lot of humor in it. But, uh, you know, sort of a Texas music history, the real story, I'm calling it. And but, I've you know, I think that just the idea of music take you away from your uh, work, you know, everyday cares and stuff. And and that's what I like to do. I like to provide people a respite from all that. Hmm. Well, there's so many things that you do in music from your own albums, appearing on albums from everyone from Jerry Jeff Walker, Michael Martin Murphy, the Los Gonzo Band, Butch Hancock, so many different artists. Could you say that there is a certain facet of music, whether it's the recording, the live performing, something that you feel more drawn to or more excited by? Um, I'm probably more excited by live performing than any of it. I do wear a lot of hats. I, um, you know, I've been a bass player, guitar player, piano. I've played on people's records and stuff. Uh, bass was my sort of not really instrument of choice, but by luck and a necessity way back when I played with Michael Murphy, uh, like 1970 or so 71, I had a record deal in California and fell through there was only one thing to do, and that was get back to Texas, it seemed, to both Murphy and I. And he said, I've got gigs back there. You play bass. And I said, bass? I don't know how to play bass. And he said, you'll learn. And he handed me a Fender Precision bass. From that time forward, I became a you know, bass player for hire and played with a lot of people. And I, so I love the live performance aspect and especially my own band and my own solo endeavors. I'm up here to play a singer-songwriter club tonight and and I love that one-on-one -on -one with the audience I'm I'm unafraid when I do that kind of thing so I, I really like that but I like playing on albums too it's a lot of fun who would you say has taught you the most about live performing well Ray Wiley for one uh Jerry Jeff for another Ray is uh, just a, so uh, animated and funny and he tells stories as well. And, and he can bring you right into the scene of the, of the song. And that's kind of like what I do is to, you know, if I'm going to tell the story, it'll be leading up to the actual song. Uh, Jerry Jeff always called a great set. It was really high energy, just bam, bam, bam. He didn't speak much, but he, he really, knew how to bring that crowd up and then lay them down. He was a, a genius at that, really. And uh, even if he had had one too many uh, drinks, uh, he still could just do it and bring it. So I think those two guys would be my heroes in that regard. There have been some artists through the years that have recorded songs that you wrote. Who was the first artist to cover a Bob Livingston song? Well, Ray Hubbard, when I first met Ray, 
He wasn't Wiley yet. It was in 1969 in Red River, New Mexico. And uh, I had come up there from Lubbock, fresh out of the nest. I was green as could, green could be. And I met this group. They were called Three Faces West, Rick Fowler, Wayne Kidd, and wise-ass Ray Hubbard. And we all became good friends. We started writing songs. And he and I wrote uh, a song called Life in the Pines. And that was Three Faces West's first single. So I'd got, you know, it was a co-write. I love to co-write. And uh, that was probably the first one. And then uh, Jerry Jeff ended up recording several of mine. And so, you know, that kind of thing. You know, since you brought up Jerry Jeff Walker, I used to have a show on Radio Margaritaville, Buffett Station. And we used to play a song that you wrote all the time, Wanted for Love. Yeah. Can you tell us about what inspired that? Well... We flew when Jerry Jeff quickly realized that we would, the way we would get around, he got an airplane. And uh, we flew from, I don't know, sometime in the early 80s, forever after that, uh, in an airplane. And uh, sometimes two, sometimes three. The Gonzo Air, lost Gonzo Air Force. But we had to have a really good pilot and we had a lot of different pilots, but this one pilot, his name is Lane Bybee. Uh, he flew us and he had this idea for the song. I'm wanted for love. And, you know, we sat down and talked about it and kind of wrote it. And I, you know, helped with the music and the chords and first verse or so. Then, you know, when Jerry Jeff got to it, he kind of, kind of put it in his, you know, he'll he'll do that. He'll he'll kind of change things around where he's comfortable singing it. I remember once on stage and we were doing uh, a Guy Clark song, I think Boats to Build or something like that. And and Jerry Jeff was singing maybe one word wrong instead of the it was be, you know, whatever. And Guy was going, why did he change it? Every completely ruins the song. Why did he do that? <laughs> and he's doing that in my ear while we're singing. Yeah. So Jerry Jeff, yeah, he takes it, makes it his own. But uh, it was just uh, the idea of, uh, you know, I'm wanted for love. I'm wanted for this and that and the other. And uh, but the main thing is I'm wanted for love. And he and the pilot was a sort of a Lothario sort of guy that could sing that uh, and mean it. Hmm. Well, that album that it appears on Cowboy Boots and Bathing Suits. That's like yeah. a cult favorite kind of album played all the time on Radio Margaritaville, for example. Do you have any memories from the making of that album? Yes. Uh, you know, it was it was recorded in Belize, uh, most of it at Jerry Jeff's house. He has a house, Casa Gonzo, there on the on the beach and 300 foot long boat dock. And uh, he just wanted to do he, Jerry Jeff was always the guy that wanted to record in his in surroundings. I mean, the first record we did with him, which was just called uh, Jerry Jeff, it's the Brown album, had LA Freeway on it. We recorded in the world's most primitive conditions in Austin, just, you know, funky big room with burlap all over the walls and a tape recorder in the center of the room. Everything just plugged straight in, no board, no noise reduction. We just plugged everything in and played and then the second one we did, of course, Viva Trilingua, 
which was done out there in the wilds of Lukenbach, inside and outside the dance hall. And so he was always looking rather than going to a studio. And he had bought this place in Belize and loved it. And he said, I want to make the record there. So we flew out to Belize and took the ferry over or whatever it was to uh, Ambergris Key, his key, that island. And we set up in the house and we were using ADATS. Remember that technology? Uh, it was it was a different kind of technology than they use today. But uh, our uh, our sort of road manager uh, sound guy, Charles Ray, uh, brought those with him. We set that up and we recorded for two or three or four days. And then uh, we ended up going playing a live show. Uh, one of those nights and and took all the stuff over and recorded that there. But it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, just this boat dock, you know, it was amazing. And and uh, they'd come over every day and get us to do something new like scuba diving or go out on the go out. It's the largest, the second largest barrier reef in the world behind the Great Barrier Reef. And it's just right out there. You could just throw a stone right in it. So it was a lot of fun, Belize, mm. for sure. Now, not just of the songs that other people have recorded, but from your own albums. Is there a song of yours that if you could pick one song to be representative of what you do, like the song that maybe 50, 60 years from now people would listen to, what would that song be? Well, there's a song that I wrote called Original Spirit. And it's on this album called, well, it's called Original Spirit now. It was, the album was called Mahatma Gandhi and Sitting Bull. And I knew I'd made a tragic mistake naming the album when I was in Lubbock, uh, you know, going on a little radio tour and, you know, they play your, they play something and they interview you. And, and this DJ said, well, that was Bob Livingston from his latest album, uh, Mahatma Gandhi and hitting bull. And he just looked at me and I knew, oh God, I made a mistake. So we the next run we, we called it original spirit. But it's it was written, you know, in a couple of places in the world, started in India, and it and it has a lot of images like that. It has a groove, it gets me into my mojo. Like I usually open, you know, Jerry Jeff ought to open with getting by, getting by on getting by. That's his that's his, you know, just gets him right there. Gets It's a great sound check song as well. And my song, Original Spirit, uh, I come from that rhythm section background. So when I'm playing it, it's just, it has a great groove. And I sing it and uh, uh, I get in the, I get in the mood and I get in the mojo and I look down and people's feet, I play a harmonica part on it. So I have, I'll look down and everybody's feet are tapping and I know I've got them already. So. <laughs> Yeah, original spirit would be it. That's cool. You know, last night I went and I saw Bob Dylan in concert. Whoa. And that yeah. that made me think a lot of Bobs here, Bob Livingston, Bob Dylan, and Bob Johnston. And for all the viewers out there, they probably recognize that name, Bob Johnston, but really legendary record producer who yeah. produced Michael Martin Murphy. Bob Dylan, I think Simon and Garfunkel didn't. didn't he, he? He's the one that he's the one that uh, when uh, Simon and Garfunkel was out of the room for tonight, he's the one that put the 
drums and lead guitar on sounds of silence you know mm-hmm. when they they arrived the next morning it was like it horrified them but it was a hit uh you know he also produced um uh live at Folsom prison right all of leonard cohen stuff lester flat you know the flat and scruggs he was a he was a he was a heavyweight and you had the opportunity to work with bob johnston yes what was he like well, you know, I first met him when Murphy and I both, we were at this little club in Dallas called, I can't believe it just went out, the Rubiot. And it was the folk club in Dallas. And uh, we were, you know, we would play there and then go on to Colorado and come back around down to Houston and Austin and then go back to, you know, we had a little folk circuit and we were living in California still at that time, but we would come back and play and we kept hearing of this guy bob johnston and there was a fellow there his name is r a caldwell and he kept saying oh bob johnston bob's a brother he's a brother and this guy was like a painter a house painter and he kept saying and finally i just said if he's such a brother get him here and he did Hmm. and we scheduled a little audition at that club at like 2 30 in the afternoon and we're waiting for him it's real dark you know dark Folk, folky kind of hippie club and it got to be 2 30 he's not there 2 45 to, you know almost three o'clock and we looked at each other said he's probably not coming and all of a sudden the door burst open he's like this baddie rooster he's only about five four or something and he was all exuberant as the first thing he said was hey i just wrote a song on the way from the airport is there a piano in here he said, well, there's one on stage. So he sat down at the piano. He hasn't said anything else but that. And he starts playing this gospel song he wrote. And it was pretty good. And we looked at each other and said, hey, great. He goes, you like that one? Here's one I wrote last week. And he started another one. And Murphy picked up his guitar and I picked up my bass. And we pretty soon were playing with Bob Johnston. And uh, for a couple of songs, he said, but I didn't come here to, you know, play my songs. Which one of you is Murphy? And Murphy said, that's me. So he said, let me hear what you got. And we got on and we could not see him. It was so dark and the lights were in our face. It was an empty folk club with just him out there. And Murphy played a song that he had written called The Ballad of Calico. And it was uh, in the in the history of it. It's a pretty famous song because he he wrote this country rock opera and Kenny Rogers in the first edition, it was their last album. It was called the Ballad of Calico and it's just this beautiful song. And there's all these changes and this, this great um, lick that comes after the first verse. And uh, when we, we were just into it, really the first line or two and uh, Johnston, we heard this voice say, that's the most beautiful thing I've heard. I don't need to hear anymore. You got a record deal as far as I'm concerned. And this is like a couple of lines. He said, but keep, keep on playing it. So we finished it. And then we did Texas Morning, another Murphy song, and a song called Natchez Trace that was all on the first, that Geronimo's Cadillac album. And the Geronimo's Cadillac hadn't been written yet, but he just said, this is great. Let's sit down and talk about it. So we sat in this little, you know, he was just like, He's across from Murphy and uh, I'm sitting over here 
And he does not look at me. He does not pay any attention to me at all. And he's focused on Murphy. And he says, I really think your songs are magical and genius. And I want to, I want to make a record with you. What are you doing next Wednesday? I've got Studio A in Columbia, Nashville. It's the biggest, you know, Studio A Columbia where Blonde on Blonde was recorded, Nashville Skyline, all that stuff. Great orchestras, just giant room. And he says, I've got that. And uh, I'm going to, I think it's George Jones. I'm supposed to be doing some stuff on, but I'm going to reschedule him. You come on Wednesday. We'll, we'll cut Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So, this is like a duo. I'm playing bass. Murphy's playing guitar. And um, Murphy says, well, great. And he says, are you coming? And he said, well, yeah. And then uh, he still hasn't talked to me or looked at me. And finally, Bob says, what about him? And Murphy said, what do you, what do you mean? He goes, what about him? He goes, you mean Bob? He goes, yeah. What about him? Is he funky? And, and, Murphy said, well, just look at him. What do you think? So he turned and looked straight at me and said, you come too. And so we drove Murphy's mother's Buick the next Wednesday uh, to Nashville. And uh, Charles John Quarto, uh, which who is a poet, and they ended up writing Geronimo's Cadillac, the two of them. And we recorded just the two of us, the whole album. And then they came back later. And, and Johnson was the kind of guy that in the session, the first thing he said was, we were sitting there, it's a cold, you know, cold day right there, edge of winter uh, in 72, I think it was. And Bob came in and he had this lamp and uh, the lamp had uh, a white light burning, a crossbar and a red light that was kind of dead. And he put that lamp on this folding chair and said, when that red light comes on, we're engaged in the recording process, boys, and there's magic in this room, and there's some of the greatest music of all time been recorded in here, and there's magic in you, and you're going to contribute to that magic, and we're going to ride that wave. Have a great time. And, you know, when that red light went on, I mean, we, that album was recorded. There was no, you know, one track, one take. Maybe one or two songs had two takes at the most, but he just liked to capture the feel and the magic. And it's not, you know, it didn't matter if you're out of tune or make a mistake. We'll get it, you know, fix it. You know, it, we didn't have to fix anything, though. It was we were so rehearsed, Murphy and I, because and I'm playing like bass. I've never played really before. I didn't never play with a drummer. And so I'm kind of getting around on the bass a little more than a Bass player would, bass player, you know, is bomb, 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 and thinking what the kick drum is doing a lot. I, I didn't have that in my head yet. So I'm playing all over the place. And Kenny Buttry was the drummer, you know, Nashville A list, triple A list drummer when he went in. And I felt sorry for him having to do it, but he did it. So that was that album, Geronimo's Cadillac. And Bob was always up you know, just uh, enthusiastic and very, you know, he just he just made us feel like we were special. And, he, and that's how he got pulled out these great tracks. Bob, is there something that you are most proud of? Most proud of? Wow, what a question. <laughs> well, I'm proud of playing on on these coming to find out historic albums like Viva Trilingua. 
it's the 50th anniversary of Avery Trilingua next year. And it's the 50th anniversary of the Los Gonzo band. I don't know if you can see this, but I'm wearing my Los Gonzo band. Is it backwards? No. It, no, it's okay. Right. No. And uh, the Los Gonzo bands, we've, we've, we've come back. Uh, it's the return of the Los Gonzo band. We put it back together with our manager, Dee Foster. And we've been doing great and playing some really great shows and having a lot of fun with that. That's Gary P. Nunn, John Enman, me. Freddie Kirch is the drummer. He, Played with Jerry Jeff for 14, 15 years. And it's just a, a f- so I'm proud of playing on some of these iconic Texas albums, Geronimo's Cadillac, Cosmic Cowboy for Murphy, and all of J- the Jerry Jeff stuff. It's pretty proud. I'm also proud of going and working for the State Department and going to countries that we may never go through to again, you know, Syria, Yemen. Places like that, we're all over the Middle East, all over India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Nepal, went to Vietnam, Thailand, and Africa, several places in Africa. So I've I've really enjoyed those adventures, and I'm proud of my work with that. And it was just a wonderful experience, for sure. Hmm. Today, I, I was driving through Gainesville, Georgia, and I, I went to this restaurant, Alpha Giro Grill. And the owner, a Greek man, it was like we were just sitting there talking, and all of a sudden we start talking about Nana Muscuri. And it was just amazing to me, and I'm sure that given what you just said, you have observed this, that, that music just has this ability. Two people either witnessing music or talking about music, suddenly you, you become friends. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. It's it's amazing when and when you talk about it, you're talking from your perspective and he's talking from his why we like something, you know, oh, God, I love that. And it, and it does. It's a great uh, it's a great bridge. For sure. Well, Bob, I, I, I hope that we are able to connect again on down the road. I always like to end the show very open ended. I give the guests the stage. We have people listening from all over the place and a dog barking (laughs) in the background. (laughs) But uh, what would you say to all the folks who are tuned in with us? Well, thank you for tuning in. Uh, My name is Bob Livingston. I'm from Austin, Texas. I'm a singer songwriter. I think you'd like to hear me when I come to your town to play. I believe in music and I believe in the power of the spoken word as well. Stories. I've, I've been a lot of places. I've been everywhere and uh, I'm sort of in a way unflappable because of that. I've had a lot of experience being on the road, just drove up here from Austin and uh, whether it's airplane or train, it's just a way of life for me. And it, you know, people sometimes say, man, when are you going to, retire and give this up and what would i do if i retired like willie said you know all i do is play music and golf what do you want me to do (laughs) and that's kind of the way i am too you know where you just play music and it's 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 and they call it play and it's a lot of fun and uh it's not a regular job by any means and i'm really lucky to have had it you know thank you so much for tuning in Yes, and th- thank you folks for for sticking with me all these all through all these episodes. It means a lot to me. And be sure the the gateway to Bob Livingston online 
you all want to go to www.boblivingstonmusic.com. That's right. BobLivingstonMusic.com. Well, or you can go to my Facebook page, Bob Livingston Music, or just Bob Livingston, friend me, or, you know, like that Facebook page. You'll, we'll, you'll get all the, the shows coming up on, 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 on that, as well as the website, for sure. Well, Bob, sir, I know you've got a show to do. And I also have to say thank you to our, our, our very, very special friend, a great artist who has helped me so much, Willis Allen Ramsey. Oh, yeah, Willis. <laughs> Gotta love that guy. Thank you, Willis. All right. Until next time. Okay. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.